Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. As always, I'm your host, Mike Murray. A very chilly morning here in Western New York, Emmett. We just we just got under 40 degrees for the first time, and I know there's a, there's a host of months ahead, and uh, you're looking warm yourself with your brewer's beard as as per That's usual. Right. Uh, but so thrilled to have you on the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner, Emmett Walling from the Petty School in Heistown, New Jersey. Over the course of my swimming career and my coaching career, I've had many close friends either coaching at Petty and who have gone to Petty. Um, in fact, uh, my best friend from high school did his PG year there, Tom Roman, um, and had a great experience swimming for Chuck Bachelor. So a school that's steeped in tradition, steeped in history. Some of the coaching greats in, in this country, Chris Martin, I mentioned Chuck Batchelor, uh, Greg Reed, who was there for such a long time and, and did a great job. And I know a, a friend and mentor to you. Uh, Petty is one of those blue blood United States swimming prep schools. Uh, you know, we think of great athletes who have come through the school uh, notably Nelson Diebel, who there's so much legendary talk about in his time at Petty. What is it like? You've been there for many years now, but what is it like being now the head guy, the lead guy in charge of a blue blood American swim program? I mean, you nailed it. That's that, that is the everyday you know, passion and purpose that we have here, but coming into a program like this is so different than anything I've ever been a part of. Um, it's great, you know, doing alumni relations with some of the people that you were just mentioning and, and hoping, hoping to grow that and expand that as we get back, you know, BJ Bedford era, Jane Skillman, um, Mark Sedlak, right? Like connecting with him at, in a senior zone up in Buffalo was, was phenomenal. He's like, you know, there's a need, there's a desire for our, for our years, the, uh, the old guys, as I think you put it, is smart. You're not that old, man. Um, but he's, he's looking for that. And I think everyone else is. And because your high school years are so formative. Um, I think everyone can look past and, and back in their, in their time spent here and just say, what a transformative environment it is athletically, academically, uh, as a culture, a small school, 530 some odd kids, you know, in current attendance. Uh, with about 60% boarding, 40% day student. Uh, it's a really, really neat place. Um, the facilities are phenomenal. It offers everything, but every once in a while, I'll tell the kids during the hard set, look up. We've got, you know, our Olympians just broadcasted right up, right over on the uh, spectator seat. We've got our, our record board. And so, you know, steeped in tradition, I tell them all the time, you know, make sure you're hanging up your goggles and placing your suit on a better hook than than when you came in and, and where it was kind of kind of sitting um that, that's the name of the game right developing character developing these these young kids and, and giving them something to work for and, and obviously the pride and tradition goes a long way but they're doing something of their own here as well right they've, they've got all that pride and, and what petty, petty pride can, can offer but um they're often they're doing their thing pretty well here and Emmett, as a native uh, athlete from New Jersey yourself, growing up in New Jersey, what was the perception of Petty from those athletes that maybe you swam with and that you grew up with? Yeah, so I thought, I thought at, at one point uh, I was racing, you know, Josh Trinanaker, Peter Park, who's here, and his brother Patrick. 
ended up going to ASU and, and doing very well there. But um, Connor Signor and all those those guys back in the day, like I said, back in the day, I graduated in 06. And uh, I had no clue what Betty was. I just knew of those people and, and uh, the class acts that they were and what they brought to the pool, whether it was at Rutgers for a meet or Princeton or wherever, you know, the big meets were being held. Um, I knew that I would be challenged and, and hopefully I'm challenging them at the same time. Uh, as a team, I come from a small team, CJAC, Central Jersey Product Club with Corinne Wankowski at the helm since 88. Uh, phenomenal coach, but, you know, we were six lanes. They still are six lanes, 25 yards in Monmouth University, um, which has rich tradition too at the same time, right? You got Johnny Skinner who set a, a world record there and not that that full, but operating there. Kathy Hessian uh, Corsione at the time and Kathy Hetty and Wendy Bullioli. Like it's just um, Jersey, New York, just entrenched with, with fast swimming. Um, and so we knew, we knew Petty and Greg was doing a great job at the time. And we knew we would go up to a, a decent relay. We would go up and face Petty. Uh, but I, I had no idea what the academics were here, right? I had no idea. I was, I was a public school kid myself until USC. And um, I got a little glimpse of it. Now I'm, I find myself trying to get into some of the classrooms here and <laughs> like getting into a physiology lab or uh, you know, a biological lab. and and having fun these kids have a lot at their fingertips it's it's an incredible place when you think about coaching high school rarely do you think about coaching athletes who may be on a whole different intellectual level than even we are as coaches right you're dealing with some of the best and the brightest um, and you're also dealing with that kid that struggles in high school just like everywhere else so how do you find that balance and how do you support your student athletes as a coach at an elite level prep school? Uh, I think training wise, we have a very, very cultured approach, very traditional approach. We're going three on one off essentially. Um, and we're taking Wednesday afternoons off with the varsity group. And I think that's new to them this year. Uh, I don't know if they're taking that as you know much as it, it could serve them i don't know if they're really taking advantage of it um right now but they they soon will learn to and so you've got office hours you've got endless resources here um as a faculty you know i'm not teaching faculty but as a faculty member you know me branching off and making those connections up on campus and, and making sure everyone knows what petty swimming is and having that understanding has gone a long way as, as well, right? I'll, I'll catch some faculty at lunch or breakfast, um, which, you know, we, we eat on campus here and we'll go over a certain someone. And, and when you have a class size of six to one, students to teacher, it's, it's easy. And no, no one really gets dropped through the cracks, you know, no one slips through. And I think that's really, really important here whereas you know other kids could get lost and it is challenging academically it is challenging with kids that struggle to keep up with kids that just excel and they want that structure they need the structure of swimming which i'm a firm believer in and we're all in education right uh, we're all trying to do behavioral modification to some degree teaching coaching whatever veterinarians i don't know right um we're all doing the same thing but i have found very you know, in a collegiate environment that staying connected with the teaching faculty and staying connected to kids and being relevant in, in time, right? 
right in the heat of the moment is very, very important. Uh, and so when we have access to facilities like we do, I can break up the day, I can break up the week for a given swimmer and say, you know what, I don't do it often, but you know what, come on in the afternoon, we have Wednesday off. If you want to swim, you need an optional lift, come in and do that. Um, but at the same time, time to, trying to maintain the integrity of the team is important too. So we, we have kids that, that do struggle, but in the end, they'll graduate petty. And from what I've seen, they do phenomenal things regardless. Yeah. There's no doubt about that, Emmett. And I want to talk about some of the things that you learned as an athlete swimming for coach Dave Salo at USC and as a young coach working with David Marsh at Coronado uh, and also with the college team there, you were very fortunate to have two of the very best coaches and arguably two of the very best mentors of coaches in your young career and as a student athlete. So let's start with Salo first. What are some of the takeaways um, philosophically that you left USC with after swimming for one of the best ever? Absolutely. Uh, Dave, Jeremy, and David, they all taught me. We can start with Salo, but they all taught me, uh, you know, I wanted to be an athlete. And don't let it fool you. What we did at SC, and and you don't don't let Sprint Salo fool you too much. Like we were putting in the work, um, but at the same time, he he saw bodies, he listened to people, and he saw them as, as they progressed. And um, man, he got the best out of us. Uh, and he was so much like Peter Dalen. I had the the, the fortunate place where we would travel to MCs or we'd go to Pac tens and twelves at the time. It was. 10 and um you, you were just another human right um and so dave salo's thing was the best compliment i could ever have was that's it you know in the middle of practice or at the end of practice like that's it that's that's all we're doing um not to the certain degree of like hey we're going 3000 it's all fast and and that's that's it right um but as a mentor in the moment so many coaches are mentors after their college career, you know, their student athletes' college career, or maybe they're getting to a career themselves. Um, then they become a mentor. But Dave was there every day and uh, putting us through the ringer, but at the same time, um, really making us kind of a better human at the same time. And and so actually a funny story with Dave Salo. I mean, we took a um, a retreat probably in 2010. And we went up to Santa Barbara and one of the, the kids on the team was from Santa Barbara. So he thought he knew the area fairly well. And we went on a retreat. We were staying at the uh, lifeguard headquarters uh, on Santa Barbara. I think it was pretty close to C Street. Not 100% sure on that, but we're on the beach doing beach workouts, swimming, open water swimming, doing whatever we needed to do, having a good time, getting to know each other. But um, I think on that same retreat, we went up this mountain and <laughs> this kid like i said thought he knew his way around the area and said oh, there's a great hiking place up here we go off on this hike that lasts two three plus hours definitely plus three hours on the way down um and we're just passing molt folders and dave's like yeah, i'll do it with you guys right like hey like um uh, and he did he totally did i mean we were huffing and puffing and uh, in, in the california sun over rocks and boulders um and we all took kind of different staggered ways down this mountain. 
Um, and I turned back and Dave's right, right behind me. And it was just such a good leader. Um, phenomenal coach, don't get me wrong, but just a great person, great leader. And Marsh is the same way. Um, I met Marsh when I was 16 on a recruiting trip with, uh, who was I with? Scott Spann and Matt McLean and, and Nathan Adrian. Like we, it, that was a great trip. Um, and my first impression of him was, okay, he's, he's similar to Dave. He's similar to Corinne. If I can handle a Corinne workout, I can handle anything. I don't know what Auburn's doing at the time, but, you know, that was probably ignorant at the time. But um, anyway, we're, we're, I've been so fortunate with mentors and coaches that have become friends. Um, and, and they're all so busy in their own right. But, you know, Frank Bradley's another one. Um, just a huge friend and mentor and he's out of the college coaching world right now, but he's brilliant, right? He's, he's absolutely brilliant. He's a Jack Roach um, phenomenon. He's just in his own right. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, a war, warrior poet coach, Jack Roach. Jack Roach is something else, yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't encourage young coaches enough to take advantage of the time that you have to connect with Jack Roach and just listen. You don't, yeah. you don't even need to take notes, right? It's just, listen, I, I called him about a question a year ago and we ended up on the phone, I think for an hour and a half, just, and I just got to listen. And, and it sounds like you did a lot of that with Salo and Marsh. Um, talk about how you've used their philosophy with maybe something they did with the team or um, some sort of tradition that they built in that you're going to take to Petty because if you grew up Emmett when you and I grew up and, and Petty was what it was it was always known for a place of high volume you know, middle distance focus and it's evolved a little bit but uh, what kind of philosophy are you bringing to Petty? That's a tough one um, I think in everything we do um, the, the biggest thing I can bring to my athletes is a love, a certain level of grit to have that passion, but also have the purpose of racing, right? Uh, and just to absolutely surround yourself with the idea of getting up to 100% level, right? 100% effort in practice. Um, that's something that each coach, as I pass through, and my dad was an age group coach of mine, right? Um, it was 30 some odd years ago, right? And even him, right? Even in the fundamental stuff, it was have, have, enjoy racing. They never took that away from me, even if it was ugly. Um, you know, I joke a lot, and some of the guys that I, I swam with and girls that I swam with, it's like one of my first trials cuts was in a get out swim. After I got into USC's practice, uh, they were going long course in that afternoon, and I was coming off of a I think it was a physiology exam it was either a final or a midterm and i was late to practice and then all the, the entire coaching staff Catherine knew it and, and everyone knew it but i put i go in the locker room put my speedo on and suddenly an hour into practice i get this get out swim and i had to be under a trial's time to get out <laughs> and like just just did it right but um every single one of them. That's what I, that's what I bring here. There's no specific sets. Um, I think, I think we train a certain way at the same time. I train very different, right? You know, and I think you, you talk to any of our, our swimmers here 
right? If you talk to Sarah Plunkett, take it for instance, right? She's probably got a taste of, of a good amount of coaching. Um, you could look at my practice and just be like, what's going on here? Right? So it's like, a, it's a mix. It's a hybrid of everything, um, but it's what I found to work. Uh, and nothing gets stale. That's the biggest piece. Uh, just trying to keep that sharpness and racing day to day. And like I said, bringing it up to 100% when you need to. Uh, and be willing to do that. That's that's a commonality between all of my coaches and I hope all of my swimmers now in the future. <laughs> well, I, I feel very fortunate that um, you get to have Sarah uh, during the school year and, and beyond. I think it's, uh, you know, we're obviously, you know, we would love to have her, but I think Petty's a, a perfect place. And, um, you know, for the goals that she has and the school she wants to go to, it's a sweet spot. And I'm looking forward to seeing how she grows into a program like yours. She's certainly got the aerobic background. I can promise you that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know that uh, she's going to be able to jump off some of that stuff and talk to us, Emmett. Like, what, what does a, a hard night look like for you, for your upper level groups? Upper level group, these first six weeks have been uh, an absolute capacity loading phase. Um, and we've got two IMers. We have, we have people that won't even have a great two IM in their future that are training for IM. And, and like I said, don't get me wrong, like, you know, sprint sailor, sprint sailor, but I don't know what you want to call me. Um, but let's say taking a Wednesday afternoon with, with, uh, the club team, right? Because we have the varsity team, we've got the club team and, uh, very often we interweave. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays are the option to do that. And so kids take up on that offer. Um, we had a great set a couple weeks ago, two, two weeks ago, probably, as we're really loading up that 4am feel. Um, and even primary stroke, right? We'll, we'll, we'll swim primary stroke a lot. Um, and a lot of it is you better be able to swim at 200 down, but be able to train a 400. Uh, my swimmers will tell you, okay, Tuesday, we're going in for a 300 set, right? Um, and it'll happen. But we had this great set. It was, um, it was very simple, right? But execution-wise, it was phenomenal. I saw some really cool things. We had a 200, which is billed by 50. So every 50, they're getting up and across the spectrum of, of energy systems, they're probably hitting each one within each 50 of a 200. Um, and then building that into a 300 negative split. Right. And then some sort of race pace following that. Um, we had breaststrokers, you know, going, going 214 in that set. You know, some of the top level male breaststrokers going 214 uh, and then pushing 28s and some race pace. Um, some of her backstrokers, Sarah, I think, was in there going, she had a pro probably a rough day. She, she was coming off of a hard Tuesday and um, she was between 210, 214, somewhere in that range and just consistently pushing. But again, learning how to swim when you're breaking down um, is a huge, huge feature that I hope to teach the kids um, when they take on. But uh, there's, a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of threshold. There's a lot of, hey, let's take a, a hot minute, which could be three or five minutes, uh, and really, really digest the set before you get going. Um, uh, we haven't done... The recruiting tool that Dave Solo caught me with, and which was on a Saturday morning during my my trip there, they they brought in six sprinters probably into the deep ends, um, and they had a plyometric 
you know, box jump, metal frame, polymer top. And, you know, five, five people were supporting this with fins on vertical kick. Okay. Um, yeah. Vertical kick, five people around. One would climb up, right, and dive off the plyo box and do a 25 sprint, 25 easy, grab the plyo box, next person would get up, right? And so that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that really captured me. And um, again, I don't bring that into my practices maybe yet. Uh, one day, I'm sure they'll love to do it, but that's the intensity that I'm talking about, getting up to that 100 and plus and just finding some grit and passion with what you're doing and, and mixing it up. It sounds to me like you have a healthy dose of the outside the box thinking that both yeah. uh, Dave Marsh and Dave Salo have, um, you know, when, when I, sometimes I had to pinch myself and ask a board meetings and I'm sitting there with both those guys. Um, and we used to call them the two Daves. Let's get, let's, let's hear from the two Daves. Um, and it would always be, you know, this next level stuff. So when I, when I had, I've had both of them on coach's corner and, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate to meet them in person a bunch of times. And I know some of the things that they do, but why do you think some of that outside the box stuff is so important to this generation of athletes and keeping them interested in the work, keeping them engaged, trying things that are so outside the realm of what many athletes probably think is logical or rational just based on the fact that a lot of high school coaches and club coaches don't have the ability to see an athlete sit in the hot tub for two minutes run out dive and sprint a 25 meter yeah. butterfly right yeah. or yeah. Uh, have a belt on with a pulley that has a weight attached to it and do underwater kick for 50 meters right we just don't have the time or space to explore those kinds of things so Talk to our coaches about why it's important to have moments where you're doing something that's so outside the norm that it becomes incredibly engaging and the skills the athletes develop from doing those new things are, are incredibly important for their development. Yeah, I mean, you could take that across the board, things like that, or hitting an open swim where, you know, you've got challenging conditions um taking it to the pool mixing it up i think it's important most mostly because the kids know what's out there these kids are so read up on what other you know top level coaches are doing what other programs are doing we've got social media that's capturing almost you know every five ten minutes of a, of a practice collegiately club um you know in the professional arena now with the isl um and so they know what's out there and, and yet my, my duty, my job is to hold them accountable to say, yeah, but that's not happening every, every practice. That's not happening every day. I want to be able to sprinkle that in when we need it. If we're fresh and ready for it, we can do it. Um, otherwise, you know what day it is, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you know what to expect. Um, the surprises in there, like I said, keep it fresh. Um, the learning factors is pretty quick. And those are the things that many kids will talk about when they're done. I mean, look at me, I'm talking about the specific recruiting, you know, it wasn't even a recruiting tool. Dave, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was a recruiting tool or not, but, uh, it worked. Um, but I, I do, I, I like to keep things fresh, um, sparks, get them talking at the lunch table, right? We have like 50 tables in our dining hall down here at petty school and i love just going down there 
in the middle of the day and, and working my way around these tables and, and thinking and honestly eavesdropping and it's on, on some discussions and, and maybe taking the time to stop and say, yeah, it wasn't too bad or, you know, whatever set you, you talked about was hard and they're all having smiles on their face, but um, changing it up is fun. I think we're getting more athletes in the sport um, multi-athletes, right? Multi-sport athletes, or even just general bodies, right? Swimmers were so were long, the longest time known as uh, swimmers, not not an athlete. And from my knowledge, from my collegiate experience at UC San Diego and coaching Coronado with a very transient community and naval approach to, to parenting, we're, we're getting those kids. We They are out there as much as people want to complain about uh, kids these days. Like, no, they they are sponges. They want to do it. They're doing the work. You just have to be good with how, how you're planning out your week or your month. I mean, to be honest with you, and if you keep pounding them, it's, it's not going to work. It, it does have to be sprinkled in every other two, three weeks, maybe. Who knows? Um, but that's where I've seen success. And then those are the fun, explosive practices that, that we have even here. Maybe not to that degree, but we're here. Now, the, the, one of the traditions that Petty has always been, I think it's called the quadathlon, right? With the, yeah. the athletes that I've had uh, who have gone to Petty from our program, they talk about that every year. Tell, tell the audience what that is and why it's important in development. You know, when I swam at Rutgers uh, for Chuck Warner, we used to do it. And we would look so forward to that practice because it meant we were going to be doing a little bit less and we'd get to go fast and swim some fifties of stroke. That's true. Um, so we do it in hundreds uh, and we, we have the aggregate time running, but it's, it's a hundred of each stroke in IM order and then a hundred IM. And this year we did it two weeks early and a lot of the swimmers called me out on it. And you know, it's my first year I'm coaching, but we were ready. Right. And, uh, and I, I heard, uh, I heard one particular yeah. athlete went very fast. One particular athlete did go fast, uh, ended up breaking the all-time girls record. Sarah Plunkett, another shout out. Um, man, she was phenomenal. She, she's, she's lighting it up. I think, you know, her breaststroke was the one that kind of held her back, but she broke Caroline Fitton's record. Um, I have a strong connection with the Fitton family. Um, I swam at the same time as Annie. And, she went uh, to Notre Dame, right? Or Penn State. She was she was Maryland, and then kind of Maryland lost their program a little bit. Um, and what did she do after? I mean, she was teaching for a little bit. Then she was in the city. She's been a part of um, you know worlds at, at the lifeguard USLA level. Um, that world team with Mike Barrows, who's a Mercersburg guy, and uh, he's he's still local. His kids swimming. Shout out to Mike Barrows. Mike, Mike Barrows yeah. is the lifeguard guy. I mean, he is he the is, lifeguard yeah. competition guy, South Jersey royalty when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's right. That's right. And I spent my, a lot of my summers, right? That's, that's kind of the greatest part about being around here is I live five minutes from where I grew up. I drive 40 minutes out here. I, I get my calls. I do my, uh, I actually do a lot of podcasting now, right? I'm listening in on, on everything around the country. And during the pandemic, that was a phenomenal piece of my day. Um, but yeah, I was, I was on the beach every summer uh, as a young kid and guarding in that chair and doing all of the events, doing everything, towing the line. I slammed the line a lot. 
So you you are uh, preparing your season a little bit differently. You sprinkle in the club meets, but <clears throat> you are really getting ready for Easterns, um, which is usually, I believe, the second weekend in February. And I know that that, that is the primary focus of the season. So talk about how you get the athletes ready for that meet and then how you might parlay that experience into what you have planned for their club season. Right. So it's, it's a little bit of a double and this year and last year we, you know, took advantage of us open, but last year, especially we were able to map out the entire year. I mean, it was one of the best things I've seen in coaching. Um, we were able to mock the, the ISL and we did a little PSL. We were, you know, over two weekends, we split the team up into four groups and just went head to head and battled, but we were able to place that meet so well that the kids swam significantly faster than probably what they would have. We had all this time training. And so that's a lesson that we're taking into this year. Um, three years ago, we had the holiday classic. Um, I don't know if you guys come down for that at all, but it's usually held at Rutgers. Uh, it's just a simple three-day meet, prelims, finals. And uh, three years ago, we decided we're going to scratch that. Um, we say, you know, we lose a lot when, when the holidays come around. So we're going to primarily focus on our Thanksgiving Classic, which we're holding again this year. Um, jump through December, really take it as just a training overload month. Get into January even, and some of the kids will be like, yeah, January is still kind of hard, right? But we are going to shoot for kind of like a double rest. Um, going into Easterns and we'll try to schedule enough time in between where kids aren't just looking forward to the Saturday next, the Saturday next, the Saturday next. Um, really having a good outlook on, on leading up because I don't know about you, but a lot of my kids will say, oh, I need to, I need to take it down, you know, in the weight room or I need to take it down, get off my legs for a little bit. And I said, no, you need to jump right through this, swim it out um and, and get enough volume to where you can last over a two three week period of rest um for some of them it could be up to four but that's so individual and a lot of my girls are only you know dropping a, a rest of three days so swimming at easterns is obviously a, a primary focus um we're going to try to catch a little bit of speed in the early season we'll have a huge block and uh, racing ourselves into shape approaching Easterns. Uh, Easterns is a great meet, right? Everyone can, can go as long as you're an independent school. You kind of have your in a little bit. Um, there's no qualifying times, right? You're going. Uh, I think my first year I watched two guys battle for 425, 500. Um, it, was, it was phenomenal. And then when we're up there and the relays are loud, this year's probably going to be a little different. We don't know what spectators are going to do. And I think that had a big impact on trials. I think it had a big impact with the Olympics. Uh, I think you really sit down some of those people that had a taste of 2016, they'll say it was a big change. So I'm, I'm riding on, let's prepare them as best as possible. Let's try to double it and um, jump from one to the next really well, race fast and hard in between uh, and go from there because summer's right around the corner. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, talk to me a little bit about this because you have experience as, you know, an NCAA All-American who swam with many of the, the best athletes in our sport during your competitive career. Um, this Olympic Games and, and specifically our Olympic team, we saw a lot of 18 and under swimmers make an impact. What, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, why do you think that this was the year that we were able to kind of 
get back to that? Yeah, I mean, when was the last year? When, Mike, when do you think the last year was that we had such a young team? I don't know. I, I would say it was probably late 70s, early 80s. I was going to say 76, right? I mean, that, that, that era of going against the East Germans and, and having <laughs> horror stories coming out of, of that one, you know what I mean, probably. But, oh, man, I mean, I, I think... I think that young factor is huge and they're prepared. Um, they can last trials, but as long as they can get through trials, I feel right. As long as they can get through and they don't break down at that meet, I think uh, Olympics doesn't become easy. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure. I was, I was not an Olympian uh, by any means, but I, I think there's a little ignorance factor. And I think there's a little like, don't, don't cut the dog out of the fight yet. Um, and to see the breaststroke and see some of the combined relays it was amazing to see some of those those girls and boys and, and young men young women step up um i don't quite know the, the exact answer right and it's it's and they're coming from all over the place but people are deciding to move and train with the best of the best i think that's starting to, to happen younger and younger um on the international scene it's happening right we're seeing people almost say yeah, with with NIL, you know, rules happening and everything coming in, I can make a ton of money. Like the collegiate scene in, in the U.S. is not it anymore, quite honestly. And I'm a little worried about that. Um, I think internationally we'll be racing well beyond our years, but um, I'm a little worried about you know NCTA level coming up in the coming years. Um, only because I know I know we have a lot a lot of young talent in the country, but we're not going to see that that mix too much um internationally we'll see it domestically but um getting to a program that fits you and and to bring it back that's kind of petty school and and kind of our common friend and an athlete right getting back and, and being able to offer and having the sweet spot of academics and and athletics is big and, and that's what we do well here uh, we we are here for that kid that wants to elevate themselves a little bit in the classroom have a little bit of a, a culturally, you know, integral piece of, of living uh, with with friends and living among your, your teachers and whatever else and, and having the access to the pool and with high school training. And I'm probably getting off the point of the, the subject here, but with high school training and, and the possessive nature of some high school coaches between club and high school coaches, you know, petty school, it's you're everything, you know, everything's under one roof and it's a five minute trek across campus. You're not trying to be two places at once. You're, you're, you're in it in the moment and you're where your feet are and you're going to do the best where you can do, uh, where you can do your best. So to get back to the Olympic piece and, and the young athletes keep doing your thing, you know, get, get into a program that, and a, and a process that you believe in and, and go for it. I don't think there's any age to success. I mean, you always hear experience, 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 but, to a certain degree and it's a certain standard it's sometimes a lack of experience is really really cool too to watch and just see and that race didn't make sense but that's what i want to see right and, and you're excited about the next quad and you're excited about the future of that kid and um and possibly the country that they're competing for right i love it man and and i agree with you yeah. and, and like me you are in a position where you are counseling and guiding your sophomores, juniors, and seniors towards collegiate matriculation. 
And what I'm finding this year and this past year is it's been an incredible challenge just to find a place for my athletes, especially the boys, uh, to find programs, whether it's division one, two, or even three, because there are so many fifth or six-year athletes who are granted that additional year of eligibility by the NCAA. The rosters are full. Uh, we are very fortunate this week to have our first commit. Uh, we, ha we have a young man going to Bucknell, um, and, and he's going to do great there. But for a while, you know, even at schools where our athletes at the club level would make an immediate impact at the conference championships, they were being told by coaches like, look, I'm sorry, we just don't have a roster spot. So how are you helping some of your juniors and seniors through this process? We have great advisors here. We have college advisors. We have, we have in-class support. Um, as a coach, I see, I see the same thing you're saying. Right? I see kids that maybe deferred a year that are taking that fifth or sixth grant. Um, I see the wait lists ever expanding in, in some universities and institutions. And placing yourself there uh, is, is quite difficult and making sure that you're the good fit for that person uh, or program is even more important. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a blue chipped athlete going into a college program, you have to understand that program. Um, but I'm hoping kids aren't taking the first thing that is offered, right? I'm, I'm really hoping my magic number is three. Like you have to get three trips in, get them under your belt, be able to compare them. Uh, if you get that pressure from a coaching staff that says, Hey, before you leave this trip or before the end of the week, you know, we'd like to have your, your answer or, uh, sorry, we can't promise you a spot. Um, I hope we're not getting to that. Um, and I, I think those programs still exist, but a lot of them don't anymore. Uh, I think a lot of people like Jim Henry, right? He does a great job in just letting the athletes develop. He literally will sit back, he'll stay in communication. Um, and from what I'm understanding, right, is, is that you will then say, you know what, you're the right fit. And that's Yale, right? That's, that's a special program and a special school. But, um, I think it's important to do that. And I, I hope that college coaches, more college coaches are able to do that in the coming years um, as the recruiting age has come down so much. Uh, I just tell my kids all the time, make sure you're, you're getting yourself placed right. And I'll do my best to communicate with that coach, that coaching staff, or, you know, get some unofficial transcripts forward and, and say, you know, let's not waste your time maybe with this school because, well, let's be honest, you're, you're maybe not marketable for that school. Um, so you could dream it all you want sometimes. And I don't want to crush dreams, but I'm all, like, I'm all for cutting out a little bit of slack, right? And, and getting everything a little bit more concise. Um, and so you, you do, you kind of have to hope that the schools have those, those setups where you can send your unofficial transcripts, you have your, your standardized scores, whatever it is, you have your times, you're saying, am I, am I a good fit? Am I not? Can this work? What's the financial aid package? You know, do, you, do they have a calculator? And, and working through all of that, and like I said, we have a great set of advisors, college counselors here um, that understand that through and through probably better than I ever will. Um, and I really just support it and I understand it. Uh, that's, that's really all I try to get my athletes to understand. There's no doubt about that. And, and one of the things that you're in a, a really fortunate position to be in, and, and I'm not sure, um, 
you know, if it's still this way, but uh, give us the pitch for doing a PG year for that college senior who might say, you know what, I'm going to try out a Petty. I'm going to try out a Baylor. I'm going to try out a Mercersburg or a Lawrenceville, get my grades up a little bit higher, get that college preparatory environment and swim with a top-notch program. Give us a pitch for that athlete who is in a position to have the fortunate opportunity to go to a school like Petty for a, a PG. Yeah, I think it's underutilized. Um, and I think it's something that should and needs to come back. And I've been in touch with certain colleges to say, do you have that program still available, right? Even the military academy of sorts, right? They've got a foundation where they can support um, and, and provide that, right? It's, it, it becomes on them. But like I said, they're doing their due diligence and making sure that that athlete, that student athlete is able to transition out of it. Um, Again, I think it's underutilized for our sport. I've seen it a little bit more for football. Um, and a school like Petty, I'd say maybe we have 12 spots, right? I don't want to speak for our admission staff too much, but um, I'd say we, we have about 12 spots for PGs every year across all sports. It's not 12 spots for each sport. It's across all sports. Um, and you know what? They're able to take a lot of college courses that will transfer. Um, here at Petty, they're able to get the training. Uh, like I said, we have a very collegiate schedule. We take that approach in the swimming world, right? Again, I can't speak for too many other sports, but football is doing a great job with it. Um, Austin Frank, our wrestling coach, is doing a great job with it. And so, you know, yes, that'll elevate a program a little bit too, but to a certain degree, it's our sense of community service, right? Um, and for kids that might need it, um, whether they're going for a military prep year or they're going for a school that they maybe not aren't ready yet for, or a school's not ready for them yet. Uh, maybe they, they're looking for a certain time or they're looking to graduate a, a backstroke out of their program and say, okay, now I can support you fully and bring you in. We want you, we need you. Uh, let's just wait a year. That's, that's the place that Petty School is. Um, and again, it serves the community and the broader community very well on that in that sense yeah i mean there's there's so many great opportunities at so many of those schools like petty to just enrich your opportunity to go to a higher level school if that's truly your goal you know i i think especially for those athletes who attending an ivy league school or a Stanford or, uh, you know, a Georgetown or a Johns Hopkins or a Kenyon and a Denison. It just, it gives you the opportunity to mature, right? Which yep. all of us college, <laughs> high school seniors probably could, could have, have used. used. <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes kick myself. Uh, you know, I, I was accepted at Deerfield and uh, Hotchkiss uh, for a PG year and I decided not to do it. And I think I probably should have, <laughs> but um wow. You know, I, I, I think uh, it's wonderful to see that you are so invested in continuing the traditions at Petty. I'm super excited for Sarah. Uh, I'm super excited for your program. And what are you most excited about moving forward? I mean, give us the, the, the sales pitch for uh, parents who are looking at schools like Petty. Uh, I'm super excited about our admission staff um, working collaboratively with with our athletics department it has been kind of 
an absolute monster in, in the sense that I get the inquiries immediately. If you inquire, uh, so, that, so the, the broad spectrum of it is you inquire, you apply, you interview, you kind of get your whole package set up and, and you move on and, and leave it to you know, higher beings to decide. But um, what's happening at the athletics level here at Petty right now is, is something to really take a look at. Um, the facilities are phenomenal. The schedules are great. The support is, is right there, next level. And I really think we're getting the right people in the right places, coaching-wise. Um, I, I was able to keep Greg Reed on staff a little bit, right? And, and even though he's kind of reshaped and brought into another area of the campus, um, I thought it was important bringing him in. And he's a very technical coach, right? He's a very technical coach. And we have another full-time staff member um, and then a full-time faculty teacher that's coaching with us right now. So we, we get a little bit of, of both worlds going on within the sport. But um, parents, swimmers out there, if you're looking for, again, that enriching piece, enrichment piece, and you're saying to yourself right now that maybe you're, you're not finding that, that correct place in school, which is really where I see it, right? Um, come take a look inquire, take a tour, meet with me, meet with a staff member, um, talk to some of the kids that are on the team and, and really see where those kids are headed. Um, once they are, you know, once the time's done here at Petty and then you might get a sense of, Hey, that's for me. Um, but our financial aid package is huge, right? We, we've got philanthropist, or philanthropist, <laughs> um, <laughs> Walter Annenberg. Okay, so Walter Annenberg is actually a USC graduate. He's also a Petty graduate. Um, and I'm sure he probably got his MBA somewhere uh, at another institution. But he donated, his first investment was $12 million, right? I think a couple, 10 years later, maybe it was $100 million. Um, that $100 million investment don donation was made to create, it was solely allocated for financial aid. It, he wanted kids to be able to go to Petty who may never have the chance to go to Petty financially. Um, and so that's the financial package that's there. And, and we have a lot of kids that, are, that apply and, and get it, right? And it's a great, great piece because, again, the resources are endless. It's, it's a phenomenal area. And I never knew it existed to this level that it does um, until I really stepped foot on campus and kind of appreciated it to, to what it is. I, uh, so. I can tell people who are watching this, uh, you know, if you're a club coach and you have an athlete who might be in the situation where they want to do a PG or take their senior year and go to a school like Petty, you're going to get great communication from a person like Emmett. He's going to let you know how they're doing. He's going to stay in touch. Um, and, and that's a quality that we can certainly appreciate in the developmental process of our athletes. So from all of us here at right Victor Swim Club, we thank you. Right on, man. Appreciate that. And uh, I so look forward, Emmett, Emmett, to watching your team have great success this year. No doubt that they will. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on deck at a couple meets. All right, Mike. Hey, Emmett. If Thanks people, for having me. Absolutely, yeah. man. If people have uh, questions for you or they want to get in touch with you directly, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, first initial, last name, ewalling at petty.org. Social media, um, I currently manage the handle, petty underscore swimming. Um, 
I'm happy to email back and forth. I'm happy to text and call back and forth. So get out on one of those platforms and, and get in touch with me. And uh, I'll share everything I know here. And if I don't know it, I'll find someone else who, who can answer the questions that you may have. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And good luck All this right. season. Thank you. You too.